I do think there's a special place in heaven for me putting up with him for all them years. I mean, I Might be just the other way around, do you reckon? Might be just the other way around. It's good to have everybody out today. Visitors, we're so glad you're here online and in person here today, and we appreciate you being here. I want to preach today on a subject, the seven resurrections in the Bible. Seven resurrections in the Bible. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, uh, the Bible, beginning in verse number 12, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Now, if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen? And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain, and your faith is also vain. You see how important the resurrection is? See why the Christian faith makes a big deal out of Easter or Resurrection Day? Because if, if he didn't raise, we're shot. We don't have no hope. Verse 15, yea, and we are found false witnesses of God, because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he raised not up, if so be that the dead rise not. For if the dead rise not, then is, Christ, then is not Christ raised. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain, and you are yet in your sins. Then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. And if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. I realize today that most people I'm going to be preaching to believe in the resurrection, but I kind of want to do more of a lesson today. If you'll put up on the screen, guys, uh, some scriptures, I want you to put up Matthew 27, 50, and we're going to start with uh, these uh, resurrections today, and maybe hopefully you'll stay with me and kind of see where we're headed on this, all right? Uh, when Jesus Christ died on the cross and gave up the ghost, you'll never hear this preached on, or ever even taught on. And it's because I just think we don't understand it, maybe, or the implications of it. But I think I can give you something to it. But the first resurrection. Now, let me just say, this is what we call a timeline. And this would be the cross where Jesus Christ, when he died. This here would be what we'd call the church age right here. This would be the tribulation period right here. This would be your millennial reign right here. And then eternity. All right? Now, time is built into eternity. This would be what we call the church age here, the age of the church that we're in. And, of course, this is your Old Testament period. Now, today I'm going to deal with only resurrections in the New Testament. There are some resurrections in the Old Testament, and they're foreshadows of the resurrections of the New Testament, but I'm not going to deal with them today. What I'm going to deal with is the seven, and by the way, the number seven is the number of perfection and completions. And I can tell you something, God is going to complete this thing perfectly uh, through the resurrection. All right. Now, so whenever Jesus, now watch Matthew 27. This is when Jesus is on the cross and he's, he's dying. It said, Jesus, when he cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. And behold, the veil of the temple was rent. Let me ask you a question. We just got these in this morning. Can you all see the, the scriptures okay? Probably not, some of you. Anyway, it said, Behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from top to bottom, and the earth did quake, and the rocks rent. Watch this, verse 52. And the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose, and came out of the graves after his, res after his resurrection, and went into the holy city, and appeared unto many. Now let's back it up again. Back it up, back it up. Okay, he cried with a loud voice, yielded up a ghost, veil of temples rent, talking about earth did quake and rocks rent, and the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose. Then it says, and came out of the graves after his resurrection, and went in the holy city and appeared to many. The first resurrection the New Testament actually presents to us is the resurrection of Jesus Christ, although 
I'm not sure whether to tell you right here, but here's, but I'm, I'm going to give you on this thing. The first resurrection, if you want to write these down, by the way, let's do something here. Oh, I want to, Jesus dealt with um, some things and I want to, we talked about feast this morning. Jesus Christ is called the first fruits of the resurrection. That's actually in your text um, in first Corinthians chapter 15 there. In verse number 23, every man in his own order, Christ the first fruits, afterward they that are Christ that is coming, then come at the end. That gives you the, the secret, uh, sequence of the resurrections in the Bible. But in this first, number one, if you want to write this down, was Jesus Christ's resurrection. Now, I'm not going to go into a lot of that. The fact of it is he is risen from the dead. You either believe that or you don't. Uh, no other faith in the world has a risen, resurrected Savior. And uh, I'll tell you, resurrection is the proof, the, not only the proof, but the power of the Christian faith. And if he didn't raise the dead, we're here for a joke this morning. And, and I, I'm assuming that you believe that. If you happen to be here and you've not really received Christ as your Savior, you must believe that he died for you on that cross, that he was buried and he rose from the dead. And when you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ and his sacrificial work, God Almighty saves you. You don't save yourself. He saves you. All right. And this is not a get better program and a, and a reformation and a do better program. This is a creation, an act of God. If you've never been born again, it's when you come to the cross of out of you. Come to Jesus Christ and, and acknowledge you're a sinner and that you need a Savior. And you, and you know that joke I just told you? Let me just tell you where that joke really came from. That joke came from, it's an old joke and was what it says that a man came, you know, and I, you know, St. Peter's Gate and all that stuff is a bunch of junk. It ain't in the Bible. But the, just to illustrate, a guy came to the gate of heaven and the angel said, uh, why shall I let you in? He said, well, I went to church and I did all this. And he was giving him two points and one point, And he got up to about eight points. And he said, man, there ain't no way I'm going to make it except through mercy and grace. And the angel said, come on in. That's the only way you can get here. Amen. Mercy and grace. Amen. And you come through believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not works of righteousness we have done, but according to his mercy, he has saved us. And I hope today that you're not in your mind that you don't think, well, if I live good enough, I'll go to heaven. If I don't, I'll go to hell. That's not salvation. Salvation is a person, Jesus Christ. And you receive him and he lives within you. And by the way, he does. I, I get so tickled. That song, He Lives, He Lives. The story behind that song is a pastor was shaving his face one Sunday morning, getting ready to go to, to preach to church. And he was listening to the radio and an old infidel preacher, an unbeliever who didn't believe preacher was preaching on the radio that Jesus did not bodily raise from the dead. And he, he got so aggravated, he cut himself with his razor and he was bleeding his wife. And he said, I can't believe that preacher's on the radio saying Jesus didn't raise from the dead. Boy, he went to church and he preached exclusively that morning on he lives, he lives, he lives. Well, he's on the way home and he started preaching to his wife and she said, honey, I believe it. I promise you, I believe it. And uh, he says, well, I just can't get over that guy saying he didn't raise the dead. And she says, why don't you write a song about it? And that's where you got your song. I serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. And I know that he is living, whatever men may say. Amen. I see his hand of mercy and so forth. And it goes, he lives, he lives. I know he lives. Why? Because he lives within my heart. Does he live? Is he resurrected in your heart today? That's the question I want to ask you. So you have that first one. The second one here, the second resurrection. This one, Jesus rose from the dead. The second one is the saints the Old Testament saints that came out of the ground in the text that I read. Now, you see, Reggie, what was going on? I can't tell you entirely. Only thing I know, the Bible says that it happened, that there were graves open and they came up out of the ground and some of them walked around this street. Now, here's what I do believe. If you don't know this, you need to know this. In the book of Luke chapter uh, 15, Jesus reveals to us that now remember this, before Jesus Christ came, died, took his blood, descended and sprinkled it on the true mercy seat in heaven, no man could enter into the presence of God. No man could enter the presence of God until that blood was applied. Where did those people go? They went to a place called paradise. 
They went to a place called paradise. And the paradise was in the heart of the earth. And the heart of the earth had two sections to it. It had hell, which you know is hell. And it, by the way, hell, there's a, there's a lake of fire and there's a hell. Hell's in the heart of the earth. Lake of fire is in the universe somewhere. I don't know where, but it's out there and God has it prepared for those. We'll get to that later. But when, a, when David died, Old Testament people died, they went to paradise. It was also called Abraham's bosom. All right. It's also called Abraham's bosom. They could not go into the presence of God because the blood had not been applied to the mercy seat. They were kind of saved, you might say, on, on the credit, on the promise. They just believed that he would come. These people, you and I believe that he did come. All right. Those people before the cross, that, if that pulpit was the cross, they believed that he would come. We're on the other side of the cross. We believe that he did come. Every man's ever been saved, ever will be saved, saved by faith in what Jesus did on the cross. People didn't get saved differently in the Old Testament. They're not going to get saved different in the tribulation period. They're not going to get saved different in the millennial reign. They all get saved through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And there's a lot of preachers out here telling you they got saved different in different times. They got different saved. Not true, not true, not true. I'm telling you right now, he's the way, the truth, and life. And no man comes to the Father but by him. All right? You ain't getting saved in any other way. And, if you either, and by the way, you either have Jesus as your Savior or you don't have him as your Savior. And I pray that you do this morning. But anyway, uh, so these people went to paradise, all right? When Jesus was dying on the cross and that thief received him as the Savior, believed on him, you know what Jesus said? He didn't say, today thou shalt be with me in heaven. He said, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. Paradise. Because Jesus went to, by the way, as Jonas was in the bale of the whale three days and three nights, so said the Son of Man be in the heart of the earth three days and three nights, okay? And so Jesus went down. And the Bible said in Ephesians, if you want to write these texts down, Ephesians chapter uh, let's, you can just write this down if you want to. Ephesians chapter, oh, Reggie, where is it at? Uh, uh, man alive. I'll tell you what, in that pitiful, when a, when a preacher can't even get, Ephesians 4, 8 and 10, it tells you that Jesus Christ led captivity captive, all right? He went down, when Jesus died, he went down here to paradise or Abraham's bosom and took these people into the presence of God with him, all right? And the reason he could, because, and by the way, there's a lot of things happened when Jesus died fast. Amen. A lot of things happened fast when Jesus died. One of them was that his blood was applied to the mercy seat. And now the way was made for people to come into the very presence of God. You and I are not going to paradise. We're not going to the Abraham's bosom. You and I are going to heaven. Amen. Because Jesus has put his blood there. So you had these Old Testament saints. And by, by the way, actually, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 18 and 19 also teaches that now. Uh, so you have these first two resurrections. You have the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You had the resurrection of Jesus, and then you had these Old Testament saints. Somebody says, Reggie is all of them. I don't know anything about that. You'll have to ask God. I'm just going to take you what he told me, all right? Now you say, Reggie, what's the third resurrection in the Bible, in the New Testament? Listen to me carefully. It's a spiritual resurrection. Now you listen to me today. There's three kinds of resurrection in the Bible. One is physical, one is national, and others are spiritual, okay? There is a spiritual resurrection. In the Bible, in Ephesians chapter 2, and if you'll put it up there, boys, I want to show it to you. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse number 1. Here's what happens when you get saved. And you hath he quickened, made alive, resurrected, who were dead in trespasses and in sins, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of, of disobedience, among whom also you had your conversation, our conversation, uh, in times past, the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy and his great love, wherewith he loved us, even while we were dead in sins, hath quickened us. 
quickened us, made us alive, spiritual resurrection. Salvation is a spiritual resurrection, not an overhaul. It's a new man. God creates a new man, resurrects a new man. It's a spiritual resurrection, and you're a new man in Jesus Christ, created in true righteousness and true holiness, all right? So you have a spiritual resurrection. But God also talks about in Romans chapter 6 and verse 11, and John chapter 5 and verse 24, where he says you've passed from death unto life, resurrection. So you have the first resurrection is the resurrection of Jesus. Second resurrection, the Old Testament saints. Third resurrection is when, and that happens here during this church age right here. This will be your third resurrection and it's a spiritual resurrection of the saints, all right? God quickens us by his spirit, born again, the spirit of God. So you have these three resurrections there now. Jesus, Old Testament saints, and the spiritual resurrection of the New Testament believer. The fourth, the fourth resurrection in the New Testament is, happens in the book of Revelation. It is spoken of, and we're going to start next week on Romans 9, 10, 11, which speaks of the nation of Israel, the Jewish people. And this is a national resurrection, and you've seen it happen in your life. The Jewish people were scattered throughout and literally in the, this is what he, how many ever heard of the Valley of the Dry Bones? This is, this is what it's all about. That Valley of Dry Bones is a picture of the nation of Israel, the Jewish people buried and as a nation dead among the nations of this world. And the Bible said that there'll come a time when those bones will come together and they'll stand up and they'll, and, and you know where we're at in prophecy right now? Their bones are joined together. The sinews are there. The flesh is on there standing up. But the spirit of life hasn't been breathed into them yet. It won't be till Jesus comes back again. On May the 14th, 1947, the Jewish nation was born. Hosea said, shall a nation be born in a day? And it was. And it was, the nation of Israel was born, resurrected out of the graves of the, of the, of the earth nations on, in 1947 and then declared a nation in 1948. And this gets interesting because that is a time clock period in which you start ticking toward the second coming of Jesus Christ. And there's some very interesting things going on right now. And Jesus said it was in the days of Noah as it was in the days of Lot, so shall it be in the days of the coming Son of Man. And things are accelerating very fast. And things are moving toward the tribulation period. But we'll get into that in just a little bit. But let me just say something to you as I said about the money. I'll re-preach the deal, the message on, on when money fails. But let me just tell you right now, we're heading, it looks to me like at an accelerated rate towards digital money, where you will never touch money, and uh, where your money is controlled totally by someone else, and that's going to set us up for the mark of the beast. You won't be able to buy or sell. And uh, I'm telling you, listen, whether you kids, you don't just accept this is the time you're born in, accept it, embrace it, live for Jesus Christ, live by faith. You, you can know what's going on. A lot, most people around you ain't going to know what's going on, but you can. All right, now, so we have this spiritual, uh, uh, this national resurrection of Israel. That happened, as I said, in 1947. So that would be your fourth resurrection in the New Testament as, far, as the national resurrection. As their, their, their resurrection, as far as belief is, it will happen during the tribulation period. The Bible said they'll look upon him whom they pierced and believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ. So we have these, uh, so we have the resurrection of Christ. We have the resurrection of the Old Testament saints and we have the resurrection, the spiritual resurrection of the believer and then the national resurrection of Israel and uh, the, again, the Valley of Dry Bones and Hosea there. 
Now the fifth resurrection in the Bible, and now I'm going to do something. I want you to pick this up and this will make some sense to you. The Bible talks, Jesus talked about a parable of the first fruits. And then he said, the harvest. And then he said, gleanings. And then he said, he will deal with the tares. Now you need to get this. When Jesus taught that parable about the harvest, he said there'll be the, and he put it into your nature, by the way. If you don't know this Bible, the thing that shocks me is people don't believe the Bible. That's, that's what shocks me is that a man could just he'd be so blind and so, uh, so wicked that he just has doubt about the Bible. Jesus has built, he's the creator. He has built into the planting and harvesting system a picture of the resurrections. I stopped my pickup truck this morning and broke off a branch about that long of a red butt. Took it down to my mom. She started crying when she saw it. You know why? Because she always would fix beautiful vases and stuff of red buds and other flowers and things when I was a boy and always had them set in this time of year. And her and I sat there and talked about the fact that all went along, that branch had nothing on it. It looked as dead as it could be. But when God's time, out of that dead branch comes these beautiful, beautiful flowers. It's a picture of resurrection. When you plant wheat, and he particularly talks about planting the wheat, and you come up with the wheat, there's the first fruits, and that was the early ripening. Then they could go out and get those first fruits, and those were the Lord's. Jesus is literally called the first fruits of the resurrection. Okay? The fifth resurrection in the New Testament is the rapture and the resurrection of the saints of God. By the way, it's the fifth resurrection, which the number if five speaks of grace. Okay? And that resurrection, I believe, is soon to happen. Amen. My dad's body is down at Oak Forest Cemetery, laying in a casket inside a vault six feet under the ground. My dad's body. My dad's soul and spirit is in heaven with the Lord. Amen. The Bible said to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Amen. All right, so what's going to happen at the end of the church age here, the church time, the Lord Jesus Christ, this is 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Put that up before chapter 4, verses 13 through 17. The Lord Jesus Christ will come back with a shout, with the voice of the archangel. And the Bible said the dead in Christ, those that are died saved, shall rise first. That means that my dead body will come out of the ground first. And then if I'm still alive, the, 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 they which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them. To meet the Lord in the air. At this resurrection, Jesus Christ does not come back to the earth. He, we meet him in the air. And we go back to heaven with him as the bride of Christ. And what's going to happen in heaven at that time is, the first thing that will happen is the judgment seat of the believers. We'll be judged not as to salvation, but judged according to our works and our life as a Christian and eternally rewarded accordingly. That's why you want to invest your life in God. Invest your life in Jesus Christ. The, the stupidest thing you'll do is live your life for a materialistic world. Amen. Live for eternity. Set your affections on things above, not on things of the earth. Lay your treasures up in heaven where mouth and rust does not corrupt and thieves do not break through and steal. God wants you and I to know the reality between the material world that we live in and the eternal world that we're headed to. We'll be judged, and then we'll go into the marriage supper of the Lamb. Okay? 
the picture of a wedding. Down on earth at that time starts the tribulation period. Christ takes this church out. The tribulation period will start. This is all given in Rome. It's all through the Bible. It's, oh, tonight, I'm going to do seven raptures in the Bible. Tonight. We'll take this board. I'll show you seven raptures. And it will connect with these seven resurrections. And I think it'll, if you'll be here or watch it, it'll make more sense to you. But anyway, so this is, the, this is the harvest right here. When the dead in Christ shall rise and we meet the Lord there. That's the harvest. We have the first fruits, the harvest. And so now you have the sixth resurrection which is the gleanings. Now, gleanings are what's left over after the harvest. You go back into the field and you pick up the late fruit. Okay. Now, some of you may say, Reggie, I ain't never heard this before. Just hang on with me. Okay. A lot of people out here and preachers are preaching that the church, watch this, is going to go through the tribulation I even had a person tell me the other day that we're now in the tribulation. <laughs> Sorry, we're not. If blood comes out of my faucet, then I'll think I'm in the tribulation. <laughs> All right. Keep this in mind. There's a big difference between the wrath of man and the wrath of God. Man can do stuff like Hitler did, burn people and others do a lot of terrible things. But what's going to happen in tribulation, only God Almighty can do. Okay, the church is not going through the tribulation. I know some of you husbands put your wives through the tribulation, but Jesus doesn't put his bride through the tribulation. <laughs> Just a joke, okay? <laughs> I'm looking at my wife, and she's going, yeah. <laughs> okay, but you have the gleanings. Now you say, Reggie, what is this resurrection? It's the resurrection of tribulation saints. There is a resurrection. I'll just go ahead and tell you, there's a rapture in the tribulation but it's not the rapture of the church. But it is a resurrection and a rapture. And it's of the Jewish people or those who did not take the mark of the beast. Take your Bibles. I'll just show you this. Uh, Go to Revelation 7, 14. Revelation 7, 14. I'm honest with you. You know, Easter Easter Sunday has turned out so much different than I planned on it, Brother Danny. I thought we'd be outside. We'd be eating breakfast. And man, we'd, we'd be smelling the flowers and just, you know, and all that. And we're inside. And I'm doing a teaching message instead of a preaching message. But it's okay. Amen. Amen. I tell you what, I want to grow in the grace and knowledge of my Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So anyway, Revelation chapter 7. And let's pick it up at verse, uh, verse number 14 there. Verse number 14. And I said to him, sir, now I want you to notice something. That just before that, the 144,000 Jewish people, are, Jewish virgins are mentioned. Those men, okay, are mentioned there. And there's 12,000 out of each tribe. And then it comes over there to save some time here. Verse 14, I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. He, verse 13, and one of the elders answered and said to me, What are these which are arrayed in white robes, and whence came they? And I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. And he said unto me, These are they which came out of great tribulation and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Now listen to me carefully. This is why it's important to be here when I teach the difference between Israel and the church. The church is not Israel and Israel is not the church. You're dealing here with 144,000 Jewish people and he says there's 12,000 out of every tribe. And if you can't do that, you're not in this. Amen. When the, when the, after the rapture of the church... Spiritual privilege and spiritual dealing goes back to the Jews like it was in the Old Testament. Now God's dealing with the church. Then he'll be dealing with the nation of Israel again. All right. You've got to keep that in mind. It specifically says that. Now I want you to go to uh, Revelation chapter 20 and verse number four. And you'll see this resurrection. 
In chapter 20, verse number four, uh, this is uh, when the millennial reign ha- has started there in verse number one through three. And it says, and I, verse number four says, and I saw thrones and they set upon them and judgment was given to them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus Christ and for the word of God in which had not worshiped the beast and his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads and in their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. But the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years was finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection on such the second death hath no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. Now here's the deal. These 144,000 Jewish people were, were on this earth. They were in the tribulation period and the Antichrist brought the clamp down and, if they, and they couldn't buy or sell without the mark and they wouldn't take it. And they died for Jesus' sake. Now their dying for Jesus' sake did not save them. It was a result of their faith. Are you listening to me? This is where people get mixed up. You got some big men in America who teach that they're saved by dying for, uh, they're not saved by dying for Jesus. They died for Je- they died because they believed in the Messiah, but not to be saved. You do works because you're saved, but not to be saved. They died because they were saved, but not to be saved. Are you listening to me? Because see, if you don't do that, then you take away grace and, the, and it wasn't Jesus dying for them. It was their own endurance that saved them. But what's happened is the Bible teaches clearly in Romans and Revelation 7 and 20 that these people were on the earth and now they're up in heaven. Okay, and they're and and they're resurrected and now they're going to reign with Christ on thousand years. These are the gleanings. Okay, and that's your fifth. uh, That's your sixth uh, uh, resurrection. The last resurrection I want to preach on and I've got. Seven minutes to 12, so that means I got an hour and a half. <laughs> no, seriously. I'm going to say this, and I'm going to go home, and I'm going to eat dinner. If you're lost without Jesus Christ, you can take this, do what they want. I'm going to plant the seed in your heart, and it's between you and the Lord from that point on. We've looked at these six resurrections, and right here is the seventh resurrection in the New Testament. It's Revelation chapter 20. Danny preached on this not long ago. Revelation chapter 20. And um, verse number 10 and 11 through 15. Now, let me show you what's going on here. Had Christ the first fruits, okay? Then you had the Old Testament saints that was raised. Then you had the uh, spiritual resurrection of being saved, born again. You had the national resurrection, the fourth resurrection of the nation Israel. Then the fifth one is the harvest where the saints are resurrected. And then you had the, in the tribulation, the gleanings of the Jewish 144,000. And then you had the millennial reign. And that's where Christ reigns upon this earth on the throne of his father, David for a thousand years, six times. The Bible said a thousand years. Okay. It's literal. I mean, it's just, it's, it's what it is. At the end of that thousand years, the Bible said here in this passage of scripture in verse number 10, the devil that deceived them was cast in the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. And I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away and there was no place found for them. I want to remind you, Jesus said, I go away to prepare a place for you. But here it said, there's no place found for these people. And I saw the dead. See this? small and great, stand before God. Realize what's happened. There's been a resurrection that happened. 
been resurrected. And here's, let me just tell you something. The people in, from, from creation who died without faith in Messiah, their soul and spirit went to hell. Their body was in a grave. And through all this time and people today who die without Christ, their bodies in the grave, their souls in hell. And there's a soulish body, by the way, the Bible teaches it. And so we go through all these things and here's the thousand year reign and all the people who died lost all the way through are going to come this time and the dead are going to be raised. The Bible said, now you watch this passage of scripture. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were open. Another book is open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which are written in the books according to their works. If you think your works are going to get you to heaven, this is what you're going to wind up. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. And death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. At this point in time, at the end of the thousand year reign there's going to be a resurrection of the dead lost from the beginning of time those that rejected Christ by the way the New Testament tells you that the gospel was preached in the Old Testament the gospel was preached to Adam and Eve a substitute blood sacrifice substitute dying for you in your place clothed them with skins God preached the gospel to them those that rejected the Lord Jesus Christ they're going to be, I said, the sea and the dead give up the dead. And they're going to be before a great white throne somewhere. And the Bible said they're going to be judged. And they're going to come up. Jesus said, marvel not that I say unto you. Resurrection. You and I save people today. We rejoice in it. If you're lost, you're in trouble. Big trouble. Now watch what I'm saying. Why did it say that death and hell delivered up the dead of the children? Because hell is going to deliver up the souls and the spirits of those that die without Christ. And all those people stand before God. And they'll be judged according to their works. And you know what they're going to find out? My works didn't make it. I wasn't good enough. I didn't do enough. And there's no place that anybody in that passage goes except to the lake of fire. I don't know where the lake of fire is. It's somewhere out in the universe. And they were cast into the lake of fire. I see these little deals going around that Jesus doesn't send anybody to hell. You send yourself to hell. No, that's not true. He's going to cast people into hell. He'll have the angels bind him hand and foot and cast him. Yeah, he's going to send you to hell. He will. He's going to he'd be the one that issues the order for you to go to the lake of fire. I want to level with you this morning. I've been preaching Easter Sunday messages. The first Sunday this church service this church ever had was Easter Sunday, 1983. First service we ever had on this property. We'd been down south, been there about a year, almost actually almost a year to the date by I began pastoring to come up here. I preached that Sunday and a boy was saved. And, and I'll never forget, you know, we just, we just got started and took off. I've had people tell me stuff like this. Oh, Kelly, it's all about you. That whole church is all about you. And I mean, I've had more stuff said to me you can imagine. I was driving up the highway this morning and I thought, of all the garbage I've put up with for 40 years, 
If you think for a second this is about me, if it's about me, I'd be on a lake somewhere fishing or doing something like that or climbing in the mountains or doing something. I wouldn't be here. You have no earthly idea what it is to be in the ministry and stand for something. It is not about me. I want you to know something. You may, you may not like my personality. You may not like the way I preach. But I want to tell you one thing about this church. It loves you. And it does not want you to experience the seventh resurrection. Which is the resurrection of the dead lost. And there's only one place those people go. And that's the lake of fire forever and ever. And I'd rather have you not like me. Than for me to lie to you and horse you around. To try to get you to come to church here or for you to get, I'm not interested in your money. I, I, I'm going to tell you something. I, I can't pastor all the people's here. So I'm not looking for people. And I'm certainly not looking for some kind of, I'm not on my little trip. I'm not, I, this preaching it an ego trip. This thing is about the fact that there's a man named Jesus Christ who was God in the flesh. Who came to this world, left heaven, and suffered and died for you and I like you can't imagine. Bore our sin in his own body. And the only way you and I could be saved was for God to take our sin and put upon his own sinless son. And he bore our sin. And I'm going to tell you right now, if you think God the Father is not going to honor the death and the sufferings and the bearing of our sin on the cross. He honored him by raising him from the dead. He's alive evermore. He's sitting at the right hand of God. He ever lives to make intercession for us. And he's coming back again in power and in glory. And that power is resurrection power. And there's no religious faith in the world except Christianity, biblical Christianity, that has the power of resurrection. Amen. And you're coming up. You're coming up. And I pray that you'll come up in the resurrection of the just, not in the resurrection of the damned. I know that you're busy making a living. I know you're trying to pay the bills. I know you wonder what's going to happen to our country and a lot of things like that. That doesn't matter when it comes time for you to die. It doesn't matter when you come time to face judgment. There are seven resurrections. And by the way, this one here is the tares. Watch this. It's the ones who might have even looked like wheat, but they weren't. Are you really saved today? Are you a tear or are you a wheat? Will you be part of the harvest or will you be part of the tares, the gathering of the tares? And we already said, gather them together to be burned. I just put it to you as simple as I know how to. When I got saved and God called me to preach, they put something to me as sorry as I am. I don't want anybody to go to hell. I don't want anybody to be thrown in the lake of fire. Why do you think God calls preachers for? Why do you think he gave us his word? Do you think this is some joke? You think it's some kind of religious ritualism we do here every Sunday? This is about your soul. This is about your life. This is about your eternity. And you are going to be raised from the dead. And you are going to face God Almighty. And the whole question is, what have you done with this man called Jesus Christ? Who loves you while you were yet a sinner. And who loves me yet today when I fail him every day. I want you to know something. Getting saved is not you becoming sinless. If it is, I've never been saved. <laughs> and I've never met a Christian that I... You, you just ask yourself this question. Do you know any preachers that don't sin? How many here thinks Billy Graham sin? Yeah. How many thinks Jimmy Swaggart sin? <laughs> How many thinks David was a wonderful man after God's own heart? 
But did David sin? Yes, sir. I need a savior because I am a sinner. And you need a savior. And you getting saved is not going to make you live sinless, not going to be perfect. In fact, you're just, life's going to get worse for you if you get saved. Can I just tell you? (laughs) It won't be at the start, but you'll find out eventually life will get a little tougher for you. What I want to do is invite you right now. I don't know. I don't know anything about you. This between you and God from here on out. And I'm just a mailman and I'm dropping it off. Amen. But I want to tell you this. We're going to dismiss in just a few moments. We'll sing a hymn and, and leave. But I'm going to hang around the pulpit up here. If you're here today and you're tired of, you're tired of the junk, you're tired of the phony, you're tired of the, you're tired of the religious garbage, and you're like I was when I was 28 years old. You knew about it all, but you didn't know him. And you're in your heart, you're just like, this thing's got to be real or it's nothing. I'll be here. Be glad to try to answer your questions. May not be able to answer them all. But I do know one thing. I know him and I can take you to him Amen. through the word of God. You want to be saved today? I'll be up here on the front. Please, if you're here today, uh, give other people a chance to come. They might want to be saved. I'll tell you what happened. And I'm not trying to put somebody away, but if you come visit with me, they might be a lost person standing back there and they see you visiting pretty soon. They're like, oh, I'm going to go on home. I'm going to be here for somebody who's lost and wants to talk to me about being saved. All right. The truth about it is that old thief on the cross is theology about blows all ours out the water. He didn't have to, he didn't, he didn't have, he didn't get an altar call. <laughs> they didn't play just as I am. <laughs> he didn't get baptized. <laughs> And Jesus didn't deliver him from dying on the cross. Yeah, he didn't join the church. Didn't have a chance to give. He just got saved. If he can get saved on the cross, you can get saved sitting in your seat today. Amen. I want to ask you a question right now. With no heads bowed, no eyes closed. If you were to die right now, where are you going to be? Truth. Where are you going to be? Can you honestly say, His spirit bears witness with my spirit that I'm a child of God. I know I'm saved because of what Jesus did for me, and I've trusted him. He is my Savior. If you were to die right now, honest to goodness, where would you be? not trying to play games. I want to tell you one thing for sure. I hate a preacher that plays games with you. Telling you gun barrel straight, you're either saved or lost. You either have Christ or you don't. You're going to heaven or hell. It's the way it is. You can go to heaven. It's free. Just trust him. You say, Reggie, if you'd tell me what's going to happen next 10 years, I might get saved. He's not going to tell you what's going to happen next year. You're going to have to, by faith, accept him and get on down the road with it. Amen. My daddy always said, you better be glad God don't tell you what's going to happen. Amen. Just walk with him. Father in heaven, I pray God today that we've delivered the message that you gave us for this wonderful day that we celebrate of the resurrection of your dear son and our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. God, we owe everything to you to you and him who loved us while we were yet sinners and when I think about God how what a wreck I've been even since I've been saved I wonder sometimes Lord oh am I saved but then Lord I'm driven back to the cross where I see a dying savior blood beaten beyond description face smart more than any man I see, Lord, the crown of thorns coming down upon his head. God, I don't see this sorry low-down picture they've got of, quote, Jesus hanging in these church house walls. I see a man 
the man Christ Jesus. The man who could fast 40 days and 40 nights and sleep out under the stars. And that man yet is the one who spoke this world into being. That man is the man who stilled the waters, who raised the dead. God, I see him there bearing our sin. And I see them mocking him and scoffing him. And his back beat beyond description. But Lord, beyond and deeper inside, I cannot see where that moment when God the Father laid on him the sins of the world. And Lord, even the sun at that moment refused to shine. And the darkness of sin and hell engulfed this earth. God, I see blood coming down. I see him heaving. I hear him saying, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And surely, Lord, no man ever spake like this man. He was God in the flesh. I see them, Lord, after he gives up the ghost. Take a spear and plunge it to his side. Water and blood comes out, runs down to the ground. I look at the base of the cross, Lord, and I see blood everywhere. And I look up and I see the Lamb of God slain from the foundation of this world, who was foreordained to be a sacrifice for our sins. And I see, Lord, them take him down from the cross and wrap him. And I see them take his body to an empty tomb, a borrowed tomb. The one who had no place to raise his head, the one who even if birds had nests and foxes had holes, he had no place. And Lord, I see them seal the tomb. I see them set watches over it. And I see the distraught upon the disciples' faces. I don't know, Lord, how it all happened. But all of a sudden, Lord, I see an empty tomb. And I see a risen Savior meeting Mary Magdalene. And I see a risen Savior coming in the rooms with the disciples. And I see a man like Thomas saying, unless I see his wounds, I will not believe. And I see him reach out and touch him and say, my Lord and my God. And Lord, I see there on Mount of Olives, the Lord Jesus Christ giving him his last instructions and going up in a cloud. And I tell you, Lord, I see him. Heaven opens and the risen Savior comes into the presence of the Holy Father and the throne of Almighty God. And I see him set down at the right hand of the Father, having finished it all. And God, I thank you that he ever lives to make intercession for us. And I'm going to thank you, Lord, that it's childlike, simple faith, believing in his death and his burial, his resurrection. 
God, today I pray, reveal yourself to folks. Illuminate their minds. Holy Spirit, do what man cannot, no preacher's ever been able to do. Show them Christ. Show them Christ. God, I pray today that across America and around the world, in church after church and service after service, that people will be saved and receive Christ today as their Savior. And that the saints of God, the people are saved, will renew their commitment and faith toward God. And Lord, with holy vigor, press on, knowing in whom they have believed. God, we love you today. I want to thank you for the resurrection of God. And Lord, I look forward to the day when we meet again, those that we love, in glorified bodies, fashioned like in the body of our Savior. God, we pray, even so come quickly, Lord Jesus. Lord, please bless these people with thy spirit today and thy presence in their life. And may, Lord, if just a little while today we turn our faces away from this world and all the cares of it and the worries of it and the disappointments of it and fix our eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ, our coming King. God, what a thought. Have a new body and a new heaven and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. No more tears and no more pain and no more death and no more suffering, no more sorrow. And everything's been returned to what you created before the fall, before sin entered. God, help us to live in the light of eternity. I just want to thank you, Lord, for your mercy today. And I pray, God, that if I've said anything that would hinder somebody from coming to your son, that you'd strike it out of their minds right now. And take that which is true to your word and drive it home to their spirit and their heart. And from their hearts, Lord, not their minds, from their heart, may they believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and with their mouth may they confess that he is Lord to the glory of God the Father. We thank you in Jesus' name. Let's stand together today.